1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had an outstanding weekend. Um, I did. I uh, did some fishing, caught a couple walleye, cooked them up. Uh, it was delicious. So, yeah, hopefully you guys had a, uh, a good weekend and, and stayed in the AC or uh, stayed cool somehow because it is hotter than heck here in Ohio. Um, yeah, so great show today. I was joined by uh, Dove Hykend. Um, Dove is a longtime Democratic a New York State Assemblyman um, who just retired last year, um, serving uh, his district is around the Brooklyn area, um, and he's also the founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism. So we we, uh, we covered a lot of ground. We talked about the, the problems within the Democratic Party currently, um, yeah, chief among them, their anti-Semitism problems. So um, Dove had had a lot to say about that, the problems with the party and what we can do about it. And, uh, yeah, he, he was very generous, generous with his time, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was great talking to Dove. Hopefully, he comes back on soon. Um, yeah, before I get to that, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod and please subscribe. Hey, you never know when I will be booted off of social media forever uh, for being a conservative. So <laughs> subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play so you get updates when I upload new episodes. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Dove Kind. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with longtime New York State Assemblyman and founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism, Mr. Dove Kain. Dov, thank you so much for taking the time here today.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure being with you.
1: So there is so much that I want to discuss with you today, sir, and uh, not a lot of time. So I'm going to get to as much as I possibly can. Um, Before we get to uh, the main topic I want to discuss, which is the— you know the the problems within the Democratic Party currently, the anti-Semitism, the the radicalization, and all of that, and we're we're going to spend a lot of time on that. But I just have a general question for you um, before we really dive into the heart of the matter. And uh, your career in, in public office has been very interesting. And I think unfortunately, politicians like yourself may be a dying breed. Um, you know, you're you're a moderate Democrat that represented one of New York's most conservative, uh, most heavily Republican districts for over three decades. Your district, I believe, gave uh, President Trump 70 percent of the vote. Um, There's a few people like that holding on. (laughs) You you remind me of a guy like Joe Manchin, maybe, of West Virginia, or on the Republican side, like a Charlie Baker of Massachusetts, people that reach across the aisle who faithfully represent the interests of their constituents, don't just, you know, toe the party line, um, stuff like that. But there seems to be less and less politicians like yourself being elected. With the current polarization that we're seeing on both sides of the aisle, do you think that guys like you are, are a dying breed?
0: Well, I, I hope not. Uh, you know, for me, it's always been about trying to do the right thing. You know, you can't just be a loyal Democrat, even if it's Mickey Mouse on the ballot. Well, just because that person, Mickey Mouse is a Democrat, I'm going to vote for Mickey Mouse. I mean, Republicans are sometimes more effective. Democrats are sometimes more effective. At least in the past, that's how I felt. I don't feel that way anymore. I mean, there's been such a radical change in the Democratic Party. You know, not all the Democratic Party, but so many people in the Democratic Party, the elected officials, they're afraid you know, everybody looks over their back. Everyone is afraid of a challenge. Instead of just doing the right thing, if something is racist, if something is anti-Semitic, you call it that. You don't uh, put your finger up to see how the wind is blowing. You have one standard. You know, it's not about politics when it comes to hate. It shouldn't be about politics. And unfortunately, that's precisely what has happened. You know, the The gang uh, in the Congress who have uh, demonstrated uh, vile anti-Semitism, my God, you know, it's almost unheard of uh, when you have members of Congress talking about dual loyalty, uh, being hypnotized, you know, the, you know, you know, the Jewish lobby, Jewish power, Jewish control, the kind of things that went on in Nazi Germany, you know, about uh, these kind of things. So you have these haters, whether it's Tlaib, whether it's orcasio or Cortez, or whether you have Omar and others. And that's one thing. I can deal with that. You know what I can deal with? I can deal with the so called decent people in the Democratic Party who are silent, who don't say anything, who aren't yelling and screaming. Boy, can you imagine if Democrats showed the same kind of anger? No, 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 no. Not the same. How about 50%? How about 25% right. of the anger they show towards the president when they criticize? criticize him. Where's that same standard uh, within their own party? Look in your own house before you criticize someone else.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. And and with the anti-Semitism within the Democratic Party, it, it's always—well, anti-Semitism obviously is a tale as old as time. It's, it's always been around, you know, for 5,000 years. But you know, it, it was always on the fringe right and the fringe left, but it's being mainstreamed, you know, like in, you know in the past couple of years, the, the way that I, I've that, never I've never seen it like this before. Like we remember we all made yeah. fun of the uh, the city councilman and uh, um, uh, I believe it was in D.C. I think it was in Washington, D.C. a few years ago that said something about oh, the Jews controlling definitely. the weather or something. And it was hilarious yes. because this guy was clearly a moron. But we have open anti-Semites, open socialists being elected across the country uh, in the Democratic Party. And the Democratic leadership, like you said, they they seem perfectly happy to let these people run wild.
0: Yeah. Look, you have someone—let's take an example, and it's a good one. You have the minority leader of the Senate, one of the most powerful members of the United States Congress. His name is Chuck Charles Schumer, right? And, you know, throughout his life, for the past 25 years, he always tells uh, Jewish groups, do you know what the name Schumer means? Well, Schumer in Hebrew is from the word Shomer. The word Shomer means to be a watcher. He is always, always, I've heard this a hundred times. He talks about, I am the Shomer, the protector of the Jewish people. He is missing an action. He's deaf and dumb. He's nowhere to be seen. He's nowhere to be found. I mean, you know, here in New York, every single Sunday, including yesterday, every Sunday for the past 20 years, Chuck Schumer holds a press conference and he talks about an issue. Every week, it's a different issue. The following week, you don't remember what the issue was last week or two weeks ago it's forgotten but he gets attention but he has not not addressed he hasn't had the courage he's a coward as far as i'm concerned i mean you, you plain and simple you t- he is a absolutely coward.
1: You, you took my next question right out of my mouth I, w- I was just about to ask you where is chuck Schumer? like you said he's at least the second most powerful democrat in the country he is a practicing jew it is. It, I can't put myself in that brain space. Like I I really can't imagine being Chuck Schumer and sitting on my hands, being completely silent when, when the rest of the Democratic leadership rallies behind somebody like Ilhan Omar. So, I mean, Chuck Schumer has the power to yes. put an end to this. He could make a a, a a big difference if he wanted to.
0: Sometimes your own people are your worst enemy. When you look at people like Jerry Nadler, another— character who's obsessed with, uh, you know, impeaching the president. That's all it is. He sleeps uh, during 24 hours a day, impeach, impeach, impeach. She doesn't see anything else. When Cortez had the chutzpah, the audacity to talk about concentration camps uh, with regard to illegal immigrants uh, coming into this country and said uh, it was like concentration camps and use the word never again. Who was the first person to come to her defense? Who was the The first person to tweet that this was okay, that this was kosher, Jerry Nadler. Shame on him. I mean, you know, look, for me, this is nothing new. You know, my parents went through the Holocaust. My mother and her mother and family went to Auschwitz in 1944. They were rounded up from their homes. The homes they lived in, they were taken, put into cattle cars. Some of the people in those cattle cars... When they arrived at Auschwitz, they were dead on arrival. They arrived in Auschwitz. My grandmother went straight to the gas chambers. Many of my mother's sisters and brothers went to the gas chambers. Hundreds of thousands of others were worked to death, tortured to death, experimented on. That's what a concentration camp is. That's what never again is. And Ocasio-Cortez AOC has the audacity, the ignorance, the chutzpah, To talk about concentration camp, this woman is ignorant. I guarantee you. I keep on saying, I wish a reporter would ask her a simple question What was the last book you read about the Holocaust? (laughs) If if anyone asked that question, you know what we would find out? The answer is I haven't read one yet. And this is a person. Maybe
1: not even about the Holocaust, just the last book she read generally.
0: Well, that's you know. Look, she's 29 years old, and she is an expert on every single subject. And if you don't believe me, you need to ask her. She'll confirm that.
1: <laughs> ben Shapiro, is the, next... the uh, Ben Shapiro, the conservative uh, uh, commentator and author, has, has a great line that that I I try to live my life uh, by. This he says in politics: never attribute to malice what can be attributed to stupidity. And I, I, I typically believe that, and not just in politics. You know, when I have an argument with my wife, I, I try to live that way. If she if she says something hurtful, I, I assume that she just made a dumb mistake. She's not being malicious and trying to hurt me. But so like I, I'm willing to assume that somebody like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is just an uneducated know nothing, not an evil person. Um, but with with another one of these freshman Congress people, with somebody like Ilhan Omar. She knows exactly what she's doing. She is malicious. She is a malicious, vicious anti-Semite. Omar right. introduced BDS legislation in the House of Representatives last week. It is disturbing and disgusting that a sitting congressperson introduced legislation aimed at the destruction of Israel and then, assumably, the, the, the slaughter of, of millions of Jews. Um, are you kind of with me there? That these Some of these people are not I, ignorant. Know, they are malicious.
0: Yeah. yeah, and what's really interesting— is that Nancy Pelosi, uh, you can find her words. We put out a video uh, from Americans Against Anti-Semitism. Nancy Pelosi is quoted clearly saying clearly that supporting BDS is nothing but anti-Semitism. This is what Nancy Pelosi says. Have you heard her react to this resolution? I mean, they're busy with Trump. What about the anti-Semitism in her own house right now happening? And by the way, with regard to AOC, you know, I may agree with you that she's just purely uneducated, ignorant, but nonetheless, she does incredible damage. Just recently, she uh, posted a comment that she was so honored to have a conversation with uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the head of the Labour Party in England. Now, Jeremy Corbyn has become the number one anti-Semite in all of Europe. The Labour Party in England is uh, filled with anti-Semitism. A BBC report that just came out last week uh, destroyed the Labour Party in terms of the tolerance of anti-Semitism. And I believe... I believe the Democratic Party, slowly but surely, is morphing into the Labour Party of England. When when good people are silent, it's acquiescence. When good people don't speak out, they are an accessory to the crime, and that's exactly what is happening in today's Democratic Party. And I, I hope that people out there understand. They understand the significance of what's going on. We have anti-Semitism today in this country, in New York in particular, out of control. People walking over to Jews and just belting them because they are Jews. Not a robbery, not to take their uh, uh, phone or to take their, their wallet or anything, just to beat up on a Jew. The hate that is out there. And I believe that a significant portion of that you can contribute to what's going on in the Democratic Party. It has become okay to be anti-Semitic. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. And this is dangerous for our country. It's dangerous for the Jewish community, but it undermines the fundamental values of the greatest country in the world. You know, when these people criticize the United States of America, I mean, this country, you know, no no person is perfect. No country is perfect. But this country comes pretty darn close to being the most amazing place on the face of the earth. There is no other country in the world that everybody wants to come to. They don't want to go to those other places that uh, Omar and Tlaib admire. But, you know, they want to come to America. Everybody wants to come to this country that these members of Congress are constantly undermining. It is really pathetic. And, uh, you know, to me, you know, part of the message for people, we need to make sure that the Republicans take back the House. That is so important. Democrats need to send a message. You know, Democrats who want to be Republicans, that's their business. But Democrats should take a real Vacation from the Democratic Party that is the only way to send a real real message we're not voting for the Democratic Party in 2020
1: yeah that was that was going to be my next question is as to whether or not you know the what we're seeing the radicalization on the left if it's a bump in the road uh, obviously a major one but is, is it a bump in the road for the Democrats or are the infections of anti-semitism the infections of socialism, fatal <laughs> are these are these fatal diseases for the democratic party can the party be saved you see I, i'm i'm a republican okay I, i'm i'm a conservative but i i want there to be two viable moral realistic parties i mean we can't just have the republican party and then a, a trash heap on the left we need a strong democratic party it, can they be saved? can it be fixed or does the party need to you know, kind of they- be brought down and then something else come up and, and take their place
0: by the way, that, that's, that's a great question, and that's the million-dollar question. You know, what happens down the road? Where are we going? Does something change? Uh, you know, You know, one way to get change is a powerful message to the Democratic Party in 2020, that they lose a hell of a lot of seats, that they are defeated all over this country, and that the message from a lot of people out there who are Democrats— where they send a message, we cannot, because most Americans, Democrats, don't feel the way these radicals, progressives in the Democratic Party feel. They don't agree with a lot of things that are being sold by these 22 people running for president or 23. I lose track. Uh, uh, you know who's still running and who's not. But the people running for president of the United States on the Democratic side, I'm sorry to say, that it is pathetic. You know, everybody watches everyone else, you know, in terms of, you know, what the other one says. You know, when Israel was being attacked a couple of months ago, 650 missiles aimed at the civilian population of Israel. Every missile was meant to murder innocent people. Right. 650. Right. Not one. Not one of the people running for president of the United States said one word. Not one word. That's unprecedented. And the reason for that is not because they're against Israel, not because they're not supportive of Israel, because it becomes politics. When you play politics with hate, when you play politics with regard to the people of Israel who are, you know, this is a country, a small country that if you go to your map, you'll hardly find Israel on the map because it's so small. And they are surrounded by Hezbollah in the north, Hamas in the south. Iran that talks about eradicating Israel, and a lot of other nasty neighbors. This is this little country with six and a half million Jews trying to survive. And there's a BDS movement directed against Israel. You know, the people who support BDS, aren't they concerned about what China's doing, having over one million Muslims in concentration camps? They're not concerned about that. There's no other country in the world they can direct their BDS concerns only one country of 200 nations in this world the home of the jewish people plain and simple bds in the words of nancy pelosi i quote her is nothing but unadulterated anti-semitism
1: and Nancy Pelosi said that at AIPAC last month. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a, a statement from Pelosi years ago or something before she radicalized or something. It, this was last month she said this at a speech at AIPAC, and, and, and then now she's sitting on her hands. You know, The, the other side of the coin, too, with the, the anti-Semitism on the left is that it is aided and abetted by the press. And you mentioned the anti-Semitic attacks going on in, in New York City, in, in Brooklyn, where, where you're from. I never see it reported by the media. You just don't see it. And then on the other hand, you see over the weekend this this character down in Georgia, this Erica Thomas, who is a, a, a state rep in, in the state of Georgia, completely making up <laughs> some kind of hate crime. She admitted she lied. The press runs wild with it. And as of this morning, at least, I haven't checked my phone in a couple hours, but as of this morning, the press was still running with it. They were still parroting this lie that was thoroughly debunked because they want to... You know, they they want to stir racial animus between whites and blacks, I I guess. But when Jews are being assaulted on the streets in New York City, the press doesn't care at all. So it's obviously a problem within the Democratic Party. But the press is they're aiding and abetting these people.
0: No question. The media plays a uh, tremendous role in perpetuating the issues that we are talking about. Look, the media, members of the media. You know, we watch them. I mean, sometimes it's hard to watch because it's so freaking obvious, you know, where they're coming from. Uh, You know, that the the double standards that exist with regard to the media, you're absolutely right about the attacks here in New York. You know, almost all the attacks here in New York have been perpetrated by people who happen to be from the minority community. But nobody talks about that. No one talks about that. No one is interested in that discussion. When I have brought this to the attention of uh, uh, individuals, even people in the media, every single attack just about here here in New York has been perpetrated by someone in the minority community. But do you see this discussion? Has this become a national conversation? It's only about Trump. It's only about his administration. That's all they want to talk about. And you know, I I hope that most Americans look. look, You know, Paul. that are taken when americans are asked about how they how much they trust the media you know the media doesn't do too well uh and and it's unfortunate you know they have an agenda you know when you when you watch msnbc when you watch cnn i mean it, it really it, it it's really nauseating to be honest with you it's so obvious the hatred that exists against the uh, the president of the united states and the the goal to undermine and the the possibility of Trump getting reelected, I think would give all these Democrats a heart attack, <laughs> literally. I, you know, so they are doing everything humanly possible, every opportunity, every opportunity to undermine. While in their own house, where you have open anti-Semitism, you know, dual do loyalty issues for Jews by a member of Congress, the Benjamins, you know, Jewish power, the tradition. Uh, you know, the things that were said by Goebbels in Nazi Germany and have been used by haters of Jews throughout history. We control the world. We control it. That's what members of Congress said. And let me tell you something. They are having the, the time of their life. They are raising more money than you can imagine. People supporting them. It's it's uh, the only answer is 20. 20- 2020. 2020. Republicans taking back the House. That will be a message. That will be a message to the Democratic Party. That will be a message to the media. Having Trump reelected, boy, will that be a message. Boy, will that be a message. And with regard to the Democratic Party, you know, people always ask me, why are you still a Democrat? And look, I was always a Democrat the district that I represented for 36 years, I got reelected 18 times in my district. And by the way, most people in that district are Democrats, but they voted for, for Trump. They voted for Trump, they understood, they understood. And what is really remarkable about all this is that so many great things are going on in this country, things that really matter for people every single day. And I'm talking about the economy. I'm talking about unemployment and I'm talking about how that affects people in the minority community, people in the black community, Latino community, women, handicapped people. Their situation in this country in terms of employment has never been better. They talk about all the, 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 uh, hate and the, uh, you know, all the problems going on in our communities in this country in terms of minorities. For God's sake, we had Barack Obama for eight years. Right. We had Obama for eight years. I thought he solved all the problems. Right. It's insane. It's insane.
1: I have one more question for you, Dope, before I let you go. And um, look, I'm sure you're enjoying retirement. You deserve it. You were a public servant, like you said, for 36 years. But look, man, when are you going to come out of retirement and primary one of these far-left monsters? I mean, if I have to start a hashtag Draft Dove uh, on Twitter, I I will. I'll do it.
0: So so I'm not going to tell you uh, possible plans, but you may be shocked in the coming uh, two months in terms of what I will do that you will have a field day with and you will enjoy immensely. Trust me. Uh, Look, I'm not in retirement uh, I could never be in retirement. When my people are being threatened, when America is being threatened, when America is being undermined, Dove is not in retirement. We are active. We are involved. We are building Americans against anti-Semitism. We urge people to become part of it, support us. Look, I'm just getting started.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, keep up the great work. Keep up the great work uh, with uh, Americans against anti-Semitism. And uh, when you do make your next announcement, you'll have to uh, come back on the podcast and talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Dove. Everybody check out DoveCon.com. Follow him on Twitter. He's great. Uh, That's all I have for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.